Are you ready today? We're going to jump right in and I want to continue the series this week of bridges and the subject today is going to be the bridge of acceptance. Now that seems like kind of an odd little deal, an odd little twist on uh, what is acceptance and what kind of bridge is that? Is there really a a bridge that has to be crossed dealing with acceptance. I think it's going to make sense to you as we jump right into this, and I think it will become clear to you why that there is really this bridge of acceptance. And part of the reason is because of this. If I were to privately ask each and every person that is listening to my voice this morning, if I had the ability to set you apart and be alone, and I were to ask you the question, has there ever been a time that you did not feel accepted? it would probably be true that likely 100% of the people would say absolutely. In one way or another, there has been a time that I did not feel accepted. And the very nature of acceptance revolves around this whole, uh, well, let me just say it this way. I think you can identify with whether one's accepted or not. If you've ever felt like you've been a part of a group or been excluded from a group, these things called cliques uh, that have, or used to be called cliques, I don't know what they're called now, but um, these things that we used to call cliques where people felt like I might want to be in it, but I feel excluded from it. No one's ever invited me there. There's, any, there's many, many, many ways where people have felt rejected in some way and have not been accepted in some way into something uh, that was in their heart to be a part of. I want to talk about this today. I want to talk about it and I want to share with you and share with me, share with us what Holy Spirit has put in my heart about what it means to cross this bridge. On one side of the bridge, there's this place of feeling, I'm not a part of the things that I want to be a part of. And on the other side of the bridge is the place where you are a part of what you want to be a part of. Crossing the bridge is the transition, getting from not being accepted to being accepted. And I think sometimes what we have to realize, and I'm gonna jump into John 1 in just a moment, but sometimes what we have to realize and we have to be honest with ourselves about is this thing. It is that many times the things that we feel rejected by or not accepted into Oftentimes, that could literally be the hand of the Father saying, it's not for you. And we take it personally, and we get offended because we've not been accepted into that thing, but come to find out, had I been accepted into that thing, what kind of person would it make me? Is, am I really a, numbered to be part of that lot? And... Sometimes the transition, the bridge that we're walking over really is about us changing our mind about what we want to be accepted into. Sometimes that thing that we're being accepted into, it's meant for us and it's just a journey to get there. Sometimes that thing, he changes our mind as we cross this bridge until when we get to the other side of the bridge, we realize, I don't want to be a part of that at all. This is what was waiting on me all along. And we discover, there's a discovery that happens by Holy Spirit when we put our trust in Him. I want to talk about this this morning and and share with you some things. And I want to start with this this little story, this little personal thing that happened to me some years, many years ago. But it happened to me when I was a teenager, a young man, and um, I have a particular step-uncle and aunt that um, I was around pretty frequently because they have a son that's the same age as me. And so we were together a lot. And when we were together, there were, 
I was not saved. I was not a believer. I did not make all the right choices and did not honor God. Um, I certainly probably, uh, like many of you at that age, I made people believe things that weren't true. Um, I would tell them I wasn't going there and it is there that I would be found. Um, I wasn't doing that and it is that that I was doing. And so there was this portrayal of one thing and the reality of another. And I think everyone in this room can relate. Well, my uncle, my step-uncle, um, because I was around their son so much, um, decided that I was not a good influence uh, for their son, and I probably wasn't. And because of that, he began to make little separations in my relationship with them that were very clear to me, not so clear to others, but was very clear to me. And then not too many years ago, maybe 10, 12 years ago, I had a conversation with this particular step-uncle, and in that conversation, he was upset about something and, and that I had said or done, um, that I had, I, you know, I'm trying not to get into details because it's irrelevant, because it, it impacts people that are close to me, but um, he, was, he just didn't like something that I had said or done, and I was talking to him on the phone, he lives in another state, and I was talking to him on the phone, and one of the comments that he made to me, he said, the reason I can't accept that you are a preacher is because I can only see you the way that you were when you were a teenager. You were rebellious, and you were trouble, and that's how I still see you, and I will never be able to accept that you are a man of God. And those were his words to me. And I hung up the phone, and we never talked again until about two years ago, and about two years ago, on a, on a note, on a moment, in a moment, or whatever it was, I reached out and I called him up and I just said, I just want you to know um, that, and, and I even, it, let me tell you how bad it got. It, it was at the point where if you can't accept me, you're my step-uncle, I won't even call you uncle, I won't even give you that respect. So I stopped calling him uncle and, and when I would refer to him to family members and what have you, and I would just call him by his first name. And, and not because... I hadn't forgiven, but because it just felt like it wasn't family. There was no family there because there was no, and this, this particular, he's a preacher. He's a minister. Um, and so there was something there that was very difficult. And then about two, three years ago, I was in my office and I was sitting there and Holy Spirit said, I want you to call him and I actually want you to invite him to come. And... There was no reluctance on my part. There was no, because I trust Holy Spirit. I've seen him do the, the miraculous. And I called him up and I said, Uncle, and I said, listen, I said, um, considering the past and considering the things that were said, that you said, um, I just want you to know that I do not hold that against you. And in fact, I would like to invite you to come and uh, be present with us here at the Rock Central Florida on any given Sunday. You let me know when. And... He was very short and to the point, and he said basically thanks, but no thanks. But he ended the conversation. It was a very quick conversation. He ended it with, but I do want you to know that I do love you. Um, so I want to talk about this. And I use this story for me. It hasn't impacted me. It doesn't affect me. Whether I'm ever accepted by this particular person or not is irrelevant to me. Because I don't know, I am not what I am because of what people believe about me. 
And I want you to hear this about you. I am not what I am because of what someone says about me. I am not what I am or who I am because of what people believe about me. I am who I am because of what I believe that the Father says about me. And if I can accept what the Father says about me, what anyone else says or believes becomes irrelevant. So for me and for you, acceptance isn't about listening to the voices around me. It is about listening to the voice of Holy Spirit within me. And that is true of you. I want to begin today by paralleling that with the story of Christ. Uh, And in so many ways, you're going to be able to do the same thing. The reason I told this little story about my step-uncle was because I believe that in many ways you were putting a name in that place for your own life. There was somebody in your own life that created that same situation. I can tell you today, if ever you have, I have made anyone under the sound of my voice feel unaccepted, I want you, please forgive me today. I apologize for that because that's never my intention. My heart and soul is to welcome all, whosoever will. That has always been my heart and soul. But as I speak these things, I believe that you will be able to put names and faces in the position that I have also placed them in my own life. And I want, as we cross the bridge today, I want you, when you're crossing this bridge, to let go of the hands of those people that have said the things that are irrelevant. I want you to begin to release them. I want you to let them go. That doesn't mean you release them and say, I'm never going to speak to you again. It just means I'm releasing you and I'm never going to listen to what you say about me again that the Father's not saying. If he's saying it and you're in agreement with it, then I'm in agreement with you. But if he's saying it and you're not in agreement with it, then I'm not in agreement with you. You're still my this or you're still my that or you're still my friend or whatever, but I'm not in agreement with whatever you might say that the Father's not saying. Can someone say amen? You need to know that today. You need to know that today. Before we go any further, what you need to know and what you need to believe this morning is that you are accepted. Not only are you accepted, let me use a better word, a stronger word, a more powerful word, a more personal word. You are embraced. You have been, hands have been laid, laying on you and arms are wrapped around you and are embracing you. And they, in every sense of the word, are the arms and the hands of God. He is embracing you today because he accepts you. If he didn't, why would he not accept you when he's the one who gave you life in the first place? He determined that this was your moment to live. So in it, he has embraced you and he has prepared you. Let's talk about his son, Christ, and let's read about him for a moment. In John chapter 1, go there with me, please. John chapter 1, I'm going to read in the English Standard Version. You can read in whatever you've got. It might read a little different. But in John chapter 1, verse Beginning with verse 11, it reads like this. It said, he came to his own, and his own people did not accept him, did not receive him. But to all who did, everybody say all who did, accept him. Who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Excuse me, just a second. But to all who did believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. I want to read the whole thing again. Christ came to his own, and his own people did not receive or accept him. Depends on the version you're reading. But to all who did receive or accept him, every single one who did receive or accept him, he be- who believed in his name, 
He gave the right to be children of God. Let's think about this for a second. I've said to people before, because when people come into the kingdom and they, they get saved and they receive Christ and, and immediately upon receiving Christ, there's always this sense of, okay, now I'm going to be rejected by these friends, by these people, by whom, whomever they might be, because they're thinking now I'm a Bible thumper or I'm a whatever they might call it, a holy roller. And they immediately, there's this sense, and this is what the enemy wants. There's a very real enemy that he wants you to, when you begin to walk with Christ, to believe that no one will accept you. Because of what you believe. Um, and the world makes it easy to do that. Social media especially makes it easy to uh, accept, to, to believe in your mind that if you don't fall in line with what everyone else is doing, then somehow you are um, uh, not to be accepted, not to be received by anyone else. You are, you are the outcast. And this is what the enemy wants. But even Christ, he came into the world he came unto his own, and his own did not receive him. He came unto his own. I want you to think about it for a second. He came unto his own, and his own, the people that should have, that should have known him, that should have recognized him, that should have seen what this is, that's, who this is that stands in front of me. He came unto his own, and his own did not receive him, but to as many as did receive him he gave, and believe in him, he gave them the right to become children of God. Here's the bridge. So at the front of the bridge, suddenly, there's the appearing of Christ. He appears among his own. And I'm not going to get into the whole Jewish, Gentile thing. I'm just going to say he appeared unto his own. Let me just say he appeared unto the world, because he did. He, he appeared to the world, even though his own were the Jewish folks. But he appeared to the world. The whole world saw him. So he appeared unto his own. And then it says, but his own did not receive him. This is this side of the bridge. So he's on this side of the bridge. And he's looking over here, and excuse me again. He's on this side of the bridge, and he's saying, I've come into my own, no one accepts me. Is that going to keep me from walking over this bridge? Because he knew what his purpose was. You need to hear me this morning. Thank you. That's, is, is that one of those frou-frou things? Is it peppermint? I can't do peppermint, but I'm thankful. I'm, I appreciate it. Thank you. I just made a trade. <laughs> Thank you. He had a frou-frou mint. The, um, so he had to make a decision because he's on this side of the bridge. He had to make a decision. As I go over this bridge, I have to understand why I'm here. Listen to me. Christ had to make a decision. He had to understand why am I here. Am I, did I come because I knew that when I came into the earth that every single person that saw me was just going to all of a sudden fall down on their knees and say, I receive you, I accept you as the son of, son of God. Do we think for a second that he believed, even for a moment, that when he came into the earth that, that it was just going to be an all of a sudden a revival in the earth and everything was going to be transformed? No, no. He came into the earth and he knew that he was going to be rejected. He knew that he was going to be scoffed. Thank you. Now I have a whole bank of these things. I, this is wonderful, man. I can just, I'm, I'm, I'm rich in halls this morning. So he's standing on that, this, this side of this bridge and he's looking around and he's saying, you know what, this is, I, I get it. I've come into my own. My own have not received me. But it is not only my own that I came for. You need to get me this morning. He said, I came into my own. My own did not receive me, but it isn't my own that I came for. 
And then the next verse says, to as many as received him, whosoever will, and who believed in him, to them, they became the children of God. So he looks at this bridge and he said, I've come into my own, they did not receive me, but this is not the end. Keep in mind that place where you are rejected, that place where you are not accepted, that place where people say, no, I don't want you to be a part of my thing, I don't want you to be a part of that thing, I don't want you, you know, and you feel that, that rejection, what Holy Spirit is saying to you is this, he's saying, that's not the end, that's simply the beginning, what are you going to do with it? Now you can camp out in that beginning, and you can believe that that's your whole world, but if you have come into that thing, and that thing is rejecting you, look at the bridge in front of you. What are you going to learn from this? What can you take from this? How can you grow out of this? In the same way that Christ looked and he said, these are not receiving me, but to as many as will, who will believe on me, they will become the children of God. So he said, I'm going to begin to take steps on this bridge. You're not receiving me, so I'm going to go from Bethlehem to Judea to Jerusalem, to here, to there, to wherever I might go. I'm going to go and I'm going to slowly but surely, I'm going to begin to find that who I am is going to be received by those who have a heart to receive. If they don't want who I am, I can't camp out in that. Why would I spend my time trying to find the sheep that doesn't want to be found when there are a hundred sheep out here that do want to be found? I'm going to go to those who are looking for what I have come with. You hearing me this morning? So, he came to his own. They did not receive him, but to everyone who did, who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God. Let me apply this to you. Wherever you are today, whatever level of acceptance or rejection you feel, I just want to dig deep into this on you and make it personal this morning. You, you in your own mind can, can write your own story. But whatever level of rejection or uh, non-acceptance that you feel today, I want you to know that's just the starting point. That isn't the end of the story. Whoever those people are, it doesn't make them unimportant. It just means that there is more than them. There are more than they. And you begin to take this journey and, like Christ, begin to move across this bridge and say, everything that's in me, I have to believe this first. Everything that I am, He made. Everything I am, the way I talk, my personality, my traits, my attributes, whatever I am, God made. So if he didn't make it for these that can't accept it, I'm going to move through this bridge and I'm going to move into the place where I find myself among those who can, who love and appreciate what is present in me. I have to wonder sometimes if perhaps we're not accepted for whatever reason, whatever the issue might be, perhaps we're not accepted by this one or by that one or by this group or by that group because whatever is in us would not do that person or that group any good. We were not, after all, perhaps even designed or equipped for them. 
so many times we get in our own way for what the Father wants to do. But what if I recognize, instead of fighting to be accepted into this thing or into their life or into that group or into that whatever, what if I get creative? I mean, the nature of the, the spirit of creativity is in all of us. You cannot be breathing without creativity because God is creator and his spirit dwells in you. So what if I get creative and I say, you know what, I'm going to stop spinning my wheels trying to be this or trying to be that or trying to rearrange who I am to be part of this and I'm simply going to be me and I'm just going to begin to take a journey. And it's sort of like as I begin to take this journey, I come into contact with this one, I come into contact with this one and suddenly, creatively, I begin to see places and people I would have never saw had I stayed at the front end of that bridge. Am I making any sense this morning? So what I want to do is I want to cause myself to grow out of not being accepted and grow in to finding my proper place. It's true that this saying, this cliche, whatever you want to call it, birds of a feather flock together, there's some truth in that. I can tell you that I love camping. I love the outdoors. I enjoy those things. I don't do it as much as I'd like to, but I enjoy those things. And when I, the first time I ever went camping and I said something to the church and I said, you know what, I'm going to go camping. And uh, when, it was years, 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 Josh, my son was little. And I said, I'm going to go camping. After service that morning, I had four or five people that said, if you're going camping, I want to go camping with you. You know what? There, were, there weren't 200 people that came to me and said, I want to go camping. There were like four or five that said, I want to go camping with you. And then I have a friend of ours that uh, went camping with me one time and he called and he said, when you go camping the next time, I believe I want to go camping too. And I would like to go. And I said, listen, when I go, it's cold. It's in the teens or twenties. It's cold outside. You're going to be sleeping in a tent. That's very cold. You're going to require a fire. You get up in the morning. There's ice on your shoes. You have to get, that's what I like. That's my thing. I love that. Actually, there's no bugs out there. So that's when I want to be out there. I don't want to be out there when it's 70 degrees and muggy and humid and the mosquitoes are the size of horses. I don't want that. I want to be out there when there's nothing, no frogs aren't croaking, snakes aren't slithering. I want to be out there when everything is hibernating except me. That's what I want. So I said to him, I said, you, you know, you, this might not be the trip for you. You might not, might not want to do this. And he said, no, 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 I do. I, I want to go. So he met us there. He met myself and four or five of us out there. And when we got there, it happened to be one of the coldest times that we've ever gone camping. It was very cold. And we crossed the water on that particular trip. I don't know how many water crossings there were, James. How many? There's like 18, 19. There was a lot of water crossings on this particular trip. And, and, um, and it was 17 degrees outside, literally. So when you cross the river, when you cross these streams, some of them are thigh deep. And depending on where you step, you know. One guy might make it across on his knees and the other guy might be 10 feet away and, and go up to his waist. Just depends on where you're at. But what I do know is this, when you're crossing, you take your shoes off and you roll your pant legs up. And it's 17 degrees, water is frigid. You get to the other side and ice forms on the hairs on your legs for the guys, but I'm only taking guys. And so, and then you're trying to dry off and you're, you're putting your shoes back on, you go to the next water hole and you cross that and you keep going and 
and you do your thing. Well, this friend of mine, he was with us, and, and he was going, and, and, and we crossed, I don't know, several of these water holes, and, and he was pretty much done. And I'll just say it, was not, it wasn't his cup of tea. But he had to stay with us. He couldn't go back. He couldn't go alone. So we get out there, and he's got this little bullet tent that you slide into. You, barely, you can barely get in. It's like a military tent, except for he got it from Walmart, so it was about the quality of, you might as well wrap yourself in saran wrap. And <laughs> so he gets in here, and he had this little bullet tent, and slides himself into this tent. Well, we were there for three, two ni- three nights. I don't remember, a couple, few nights. And it was frigid. Like I said, there's ice on your shoes and everything. And first night there, he slides into his tent in the middle of the night. It's, again, in the teens. And his tent collapses. His saran wrap folds up on him. (laughs) Well, he was miserable. And we left that camp trip. That time we left, we're on our way out. And he said, I just want you to know one thing. When I get home, I'm selling everything I bought. And I am, he gave it away. He took it to the Goodwill. He said, I'm done. I'm, I don't want to sell it. I'm giving it away. He gave it away. And he said, I am never going camping with Steve Parker again. But birds of a feather flock together. So what you find is now, when I made that announcement and four or five people said, you know what? I would like to go with you. And I said, hey, that's great. Let's do it. But not everybody did. And you know what? It didn't bother me that not everybody did. In fact, I was happy. Not everybody did because you can only take six people where I go. So it would have been difficult for me to have to say, okay, these six can go and these can't. So it was actually perfect for that occasion. And then the same is true when, when for things that other people like to do, that I'm not a big, I'm not a board game player. I'm not a board game player. I play board games because my kids like board games, so I'll, I'll play them with them. But I'm as ready for it to be over the board game as I am for it to start because I'm just not a board game player. And so, but I, I'll do it when I need to, but I, you're never going to hear me say, hey, let's play Monopoly. <laughs> You'll never be around me and that's going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Now, I'll play card games all day long. So as, the reason I'm saying all these different things is because you can identify with some of these different things. I want you to identify with what I'm talking about today. So I don't, I don't, I don't feel the need. If, someone is, if I'm at a party and someone's saying, hey, in this room, we're going to be playing all these board games and everything else, I'm going to say, yeah, well, just let me know when y'all are done. I'll be in here drinking hot cocoa. <laughs> and I'm good with that. I don't feel any rejection by that. I don't feel bad because someone said, didn't say, you know, we're going to have board games, but we're also going to include camping. It, did, it just doesn't bother me. But what I can do is I can, in time, again, birds of a feather flock together. There's a truism to that statement in the same way that Christ said, I came into my own, but they did not receive me. But as many as did receive me and believed in me, they became the children of God. What I focused on wasn't those who weren't like me. I focused on those who were. I don't put my attention on those who are opposed to who I am or don't want me to be a part of what they are. What I'm going to focus on is who am I and what have I been created to do? What am I purposed to do? And that is going to be the pot full of soil from which this tree is going to grow from. I'm going to water that. I'm going to let my roots be watered by those who come. And whoever looks at my branches as they begin to branch out, as they begin to stem out, I'm going to, they look at those branches and they say, I like this maple. I like this oak. 
I like this whatever. I like this. And I want to, I want to be a part of that. Oh, I'm, I'm going to help. I'm going I'm to put a little water in that. And then it, you begin to grow. Now, somebody else that wants to be a ligustrum and not an oak, they're more interested in being a shrub than they are being a tree, whatever. I'm not trying to minimize one over another. But it's okay. Because when you take that ligustrum that became a ligustrum because he was around people who were ligustrum-y, and then you take that oak or that maple that was around people who were mapley, and then you plant them side by side in the yard, it makes a beautiful landscape. That's the nature of the kingdom. It isn't so that the ligustrum can be an oak or the oak can be a ligustrum or the maple can be an oak or whatever. It is so that when it's all said and done, at the end of the day, when the father's looking out over his landscape and over his creation, he can see, you know what? The ligustrum didn't feel rejected by the oak. It complements it, but it doesn't eat the same food. It doesn't go to the same places. It can't be planted in the same soil. Yet, it's a specimen. It's important. And it's necessary. And for us as people, we have to grow into this place where we realize at the front of this bridge, we, the, the first step that we have to take onto that bridge, the very first step is to say, I am who I am because he made me who I am. And he's pretty doggone proud of who I am. He really likes me. He had something in mind that is so big and so vast and so amazing and so incredible. He took time to puddle me up spit into the mud, form and fashion me exactly as I am, and then breathe his precious anointed breath into my nostrils so that I could begin a journey. In Romans chapter 14, turn with me there if you would please. Romans chapter 14, I'm going to begin with verse 1. It says, as for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him. Everybody say, welcome him. Welcome him. <laughs> Woo, okay, let's do this again. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him. Everybody said welcome him. Welcome Thank him. you. But not to quarrel over opinions. You know, this is the funny thing about it. It's like, yeah, I'm going to welcome him, man. I can't wait to get a hold of his theology. Well, I'm going to invite them into this group. They have no idea what my the ulterior motive is. This is the bait and switch moment right here. We want you here, and then we're going to attack you with our doctrines. He says, as for the one who is weak in faith, he said, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. I'm not sure why that exactly interprets that way. <laughs> Every vegetarian, there's no vegetarian that ever read this and felt good about it. They were definitely looking for a different version of Scripture. But let me read it again just for us meat eaters that enjoy a little beef on the side. While the weak person eats only vegetables, let not the one who eats despise the one who doesn't. And let not the one who doesn't pass judgment on the one who does. For God has welcomed them all. I'm going to read it all again because it needs to be clear this morning. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. Do the opinions really matter? At the end of the day, do you know, we can get into an argument with somebody. I, wrote, I sent a little email out for Christmas, and I hope you all got it, but I sent a little email out for Christmas, and in the email I was just saying to those, I said, listen, I said, I want you to hope, I want you to believe, I want you to have faith, I want you to have confidence in what's to come. 
And I want you to believe. I want you to believe in the Father. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. But then I, in the next paragraph, I said, there are some who don't, but for those who do, pray for all others. Don't worry about what they believe. Don't worry about what they don't believe. Just pray for all others. Because at the end of the day, I want everybody, and we want everybody, because Yahweh wants everybody to believe in Him. It isn't so much that I need people to believe in my doctrine. I need people to believe in His Word. And if I'm encouraging people to believe in my gospel, because I don't have one, then I'm failing. I said that backwards. If I'm encouraging people to believe in my gospel, then I'm failing because I don't have one. It is his gospel. It is his truth that I preach. You hearing me this morning? So let me read it again. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything while the weak person eats only vegetables. I just love that line. I think we need to put that. Can we make that bold? While the weak person eats only vegetables, let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. He says here, Paul says here, he encourages us here, welcome whoever they are, but don't welcome them because you're looking for a fight. Welcome them because they're around. Can I tell you today, part of the bridge of acceptance is the fact, in, in the first part when I read John chapter 1, it was about myself being accepted. It was about Christ coming unto his own and they did not receive him. How can I get to the place where I cross this bridge and I feel accepted? I feel a particular uh, uh, importance or significance about existing. And then this part is about receiving others. This part is about looking around the room and finding out, which is one of the things I love about this ministry and this house is you're, you're all the time when visitors come here, they will always say, and I often get emails from people or notes from people that will say how friendly and welcoming this house is. That is a testimony of who you are and how incredible you are and that you look around the room. That you look around the room and when you look around the room and you see people, you welcome them in. And you don't welcome somebody in. You're not looking for a way to say to them, you know what, I welcome you in and I can't wait till we have coffee. Can we go to coffee? Because when we go get coffee, I'm going to find out what you believe and then I'm going to straighten you out. Because that's not who we are. We're not trying to straighten people out. We're trying to give people opportunity and there's a huge difference. Such a big difference. We're not trying to take people and line them up against the wall and say, it's the guy I threw from the left. I saw him. He was there. He's the one that did it. It's not about lining people up and trying to figure out who's guilty of what. It's about saying, you know what? I'm not here to attack you. I'm going to welcome you in. You might see it different. You might believe it different. But you, you've been to a, a, a lot of places where you've not been accepted, but not here. Not in this place, you're going to be accepted. Now, the truth is, there is no possible way that we can, in any natural way, meet every person's need to feel included. We can't do it. We can't do it. But what we can do is we can say to every single person, you're included. And then they can make a decision on how included they actually want to be. You hear me this morning. So what do we learn from Romans chapter 14 from Paul? We learn this. Don't be a vegetarian. No, we didn't learn that. <laughs> we learn from Paul in Romans 14, we learn this. That whosoever will, whosoever comes, don't ever let them feel like, man, I, I, I got there and they didn't really want me there because they believe different. He said, welcome them. Whoever they are. And you know what that does for you? 
That makes you a bigger man. That makes you a bigger woman. That makes you a kingdom son. That makes you a kingdom daughter. That allows the Father to see the true nature of your heart. That allows people to see the true nature of your heart. And part of the bridge, while we say the bridge is me being accepted, sometimes it's me accepting others. Sometimes that bridge really involves whether or not I'm, am I accepting? In fact, I want you to take just a moment and ask yourself if you are. Give an honest answer about yourself. Do you think you're accepting? Do you accept people that are outside of your circle of understanding? I've said this before. I've said that uh, from this pulpit, I've said, you know what? Homosexuality is a sin. Adultery is a sin. Drug addiction is a sin. And I went through the list of things. And I said, but I don't hate the people that are a part of that. I hate the sin, but I do not hate the people. I believe that the Father has an answer for every single person, whoever they are. Whether they're straight, whether they're gay, whether they're faithful to their husband or wife, or they're not faithful to their husband and wife, whether they're clothed or whether they're naked. I believe that the Father has an answer and He wants to accept and receive every single person into who He is. He wants to change them. He wants to heal them. He wants to make... That includes all of us, even those of us who think, I've got it right. And yet the Father all along, He can see through it all and He can see exactly what isn't necessarily right. And yet, miraculously, He accepted you and me. We came to an altar, whatever that altar looked like at one point in our lives... Whether we walked down into the front of a church or we knelt beside our bed or we said a prayer in our car, wherever you might have been. You might have been sitting at your desk at work. But there was a time in your life, a time in my life, there was a moment in time where you came to the Father and you said, this is me, this is all I can give you. I don't, there's not much here and no one else has ever allowed me to be a part of what they're doing, but I come to you. And the Father said, whosoever will come and he redeemed you, he forgave you, he accepted you in, he, as I said earlier, he wrapped his arms around you and something changed. Something changed. Suddenly you were a part of something you never thought you would be a part of. He accepted you. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him. Someone might say, well, that just means for unbelievers. No, it doesn't. If there is anybody among us, even one among us, that is having a difficult time and they believe in any way that they are weak, and they might not even believe they're weak, but they believe in any way they've not been accepted, that's a weakness. That's a weakness. And we want to minister to that weakness, not expose it. We want to minister to those places where people feel left out, not expose it. We're not trying to embarrass or humiliate. What we're trying to do is say, there's a way in. And guess what? In the kingdom of God, it's so big, it's so vast, there's room for you. With whatever you're coming with, there's room for you. If there's something that needs to be dealt with, he'll take care of it. Do you have a lack of faith? Are you struggling to believe? Come into the kingdom. He'll take care of that because the more you walk with him, the more you're going to believe. The the easier it gets to believe in him. Amen? Amen? And then Matthew chapter 11, turn with me there, please. Matthew chapter 11. Verse 29 says this, I love this. It says, take my yoke upon you, and then he says, learn from me, whoever you are. Everybody say, whoever you are. In fact, let's make it personal. Say, whoever I am. Say, he said this to me. This is in red letters in your Bible because Jesus said it. That's what we know. And it says this, it says, take my yoke upon you, And learn from me. Watch and learn. Watch and learn. Remember in John 1 we read, He came unto His own and His own did not receive Him, but He did not feel rejected. Instead, He found it as an opportunity. He wasn't accepted, but it wasn't a reject. He did not accept that as a rejection. He saw it as an opportunity. 
I'm going to cross this bridge. <laughs> Bless God. I'm not standing on this. He sent me into this earth. I'm not, I'm not wearing flesh. Cut me and I bleed. And I'm going to make the most of it. That's what he said. He said, I'm standing on this side and I'm not going to be not accepted. I'm going to make the most of this thing. I'm going to cross this bridge. I'm going to find out who out there really sees who I am. He said, take my yoke upon you. I want you to learn from me. He said, I'm gentle and lowly in heart. I'm not attacking. I'm not proud. I'm not arrogant. I don't think that I'm the one that has all the answers. He says, you will find rest for your souls. He said, take my yoke upon you. He said, watch me. Learn from me. Learn from me. He said, I want to show you how I did it. I want to show you how when I came into the world, I was not accepted. When I came in, I was rejected. When I came in, I was reviled among men. When I arrived on the scene, they did not want me here. When I arrived on the scene, I came under circumstances and situations that were disputable in every sense of the way. Disgrace because I was born of a virgin. My mom and daddy weren't married. So what happens? This is how I came into the scene. He said, I want you to watch me and I want you to learn from me. When I arrived on the scene, there was a bridge, there was a place, there was a, there was a choice that I could make. And the choice was, I could stand here and say, Father, you have failed me because none of these people that you sent me to want me around. So you've let me down, Father. You have failed me. Why in the world would you wrap me in flesh and send me into the earth for a people, to redeem a people that don't even want me here? He could have done that, and he could have questioned God all day long and spent his time questioning him, or he could have looked deeper into it and said, Father, now help me know how to navigate these waters. Show me what my first step is. And the father said, okay, take your first step. What I want you to do is I want you to turn water into wine some years later at the wedding in Canaan. Cana. Turn that water into wine. And let's begin this journey. And let's see how suddenly people begin to move and begin to change and begin to, to see who you are and what you're actually capable of. So Christ began to look and he, he looked past the place that he wasn't accepted and he looked at this bridge and he said, I have a purpose and this is what the Father, this is over there is who he said I am. And I'm moving towards that. And anyone who can't accept me for who I am, it doesn't make them unimportant. It just makes them irrelevant which is a very different response. Irrelevant means they're not important to my purpose. It doesn't mean they're not important to God. Did you hear what I just said? So when I look at this bridge now, I can cross this bridge and I can get to where the Father wants me to be and whosoever will receive me, I'm going to cast my lot with them. I'm going to receive them. I'm going to walk with them. I'm not going to... Knock them down because we don't see everything the same way as we read a moment ago in Romans 14. But I'm going to move along and I'm going to grow in my relationship with the Father. And I can tell you today that is his heart for you and me. It is to grow you and me. The bridge of acceptance is all about getting past the place where we wallow in our lack of acceptance. Where we remind ourselves every single day that we feel rejected. When we get up in the morning and there's this sense of, oh, I wish this person would let me do this or I wish this person would do that. Instead, we let Holy Spirit begin to change our mind and instead of saying, I wish they would let me be a part of that or I wish they would let me go there with them and we begin to say, where can I go today and with whom? What can I do today and how? What are the possibilities that are before me today? And suddenly, the miraculous begins to take place 
And where you once felt rejected, suddenly you feel like you're leading the charge and you begin to cross over this bridge and you are doing things that you couldn't do before because so much attention was being put on not being accepted that you could not get to the place where you were purposed and you're accepted to be. Do you hear me this morning? He said, take my yoke upon you, learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. There is nobody in this room that has never, maybe I shouldn't say it that way, let me say it this way. I personally don't know of anybody that has ever had a time in their life where they did not feel accepted. I think everybody I know would easily and quickly say there have been moments where they felt like they were rejected or they were not accepted including me. There have been moments that I've felt that way. But the difference is divine between not being accepted by men and then being accepted by God. And I can tell you that for me, when what I shared earlier when I started ministering this morning and I talked about my step-uncle, when I begin to share that story, I can tell you I could have made a decision that day and I could have said, well, does anyone else believe? That I'm not really a man of God? All the while, I'm leading this church. Does anyone else, does my wife secretly think that somehow I'm not anointed? Or I have no right to stand behind a pulpit because of what I was as a young man? Or who I was as a young man? I could have gotten caught up And that lack of acceptance and that rejection, but I didn't. And I didn't always make the right choice, but in this case I did. And my decision that day was I'm not going to get caught up in that. I'm not going to give it any attention. I'm not even going to accept it because I know the truth. And the truth is when the Father created me, He created me with purpose. And whether or not that person that has now rejected me and not accepted me is a part of that person, that isn't up to me to decide. That was up to the Father. So I'm going to press in, and guess what I'm going to do next Sunday? This person rejected me on Friday, but guess what I'm going to do Sunday? I'm going to stand behind that pulpit, and I'm going to preach. And I'm going to preach with vim and vigor, just like I always preach. And I'm going to speak truth. And I'm going to speak life. And when I stand behind that pulpit, I'm going to believe that lives are going to be changed. Whether they're sitting in those seats or they're watching online, I'm going to believe that someone's life is going to be changed. And I'm not even going to let it enter into my mind the thought that maybe I shouldn't be here because that will hold me back. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to cross this bridge. And what am I going to, how am I going to cross it? I'm going to cross it because I'm going to say thanks for the comment. But guess what I'm doing Sunday? I'm preaching. That was my first step. I said to some friends, a friend of mine some time ago, I said actually to the presbytery here before. I've told them before. I said, when you're in your most difficult time, preach your way out of it. You preach your way through it. And I say that to you today. You say, well, I'm not a preacher. Oh, yes, you are. Ask your kids. (laughs) Ask your brother, your sister, your family. They'll tell you you're preaching to them all the time. They'll say, stop preaching. I said, when you're in your toughest moment, preach your way through it. You stand up and you let the Father begin to speak to you and begin to release the anointing of the Holy Spirit in you and suddenly you begin to say things that you knew didn't come out of your mind but they came out of the heart of God. And you preach your way through it. And when you're not feeling accepted, 
Begin to cross that bridge. Don't get focused on the one or the things or the moment that isn't accepting you. Focus instead on the one who did accept you, does accept you, and has a purpose for you. And begin to, look, begin to let him use your creativeness to help you begin to navigate this bridge until you get to the place where, again, they're irrelevant. Doesn't mean they're not important. They're just irrelevant to what your purpose is. And you don't let them hold you back. I just wonder... If we were completely honest in this room and every single person right now, Chris, could say to me, if I asked the question, I wonder how many people would be honest and say to me this one or that one. The question would be this. How many of you right now, you think of people who have rejected you, groups that have rejected you, and it just burns in you, and it holds you back, and it keeps you from becoming who you know you can be? I want to tell you this today. I'm going to ask Holy Spirit to release you this morning. I'm going to ask Holy Spirit to set you free this morning. I want you free in your mind. I want you free in your spirit. And I want you to recognize today that those people have absolutely no control over you. They have absolutely no control over you. The only control anyone can ever have over you is the control you give them. If they have it, you gave it. What you can do today is you can do this. I know no matter where, how deep my faith is today, no matter how much I believe or what my lack might be in believing, I know this today. I know that I'm created. I know that I'm living. I know that I'm breathing. And I know that I have purpose. And I'm moving towards that purpose. I'm no longer focusing on what doesn't accept me. I'm focusing on the one who does. And I'm going to make a difference. I am crossing, crossing this bridge of offense, to, I mean this bridge of acceptance today. I am crossing this bridge of acceptance today. And I am no longer going to be camping out too many tents are pitched on the wrong side of the bridge. It's literally, it's a tent city on the wrong side of the bridge. Let's tear those tents down. Let's tear those places down today. Let's begin to take the journey. Because I can tell you, I'm trying to look at every single person in this room right now. I'm hoping I'm catching everybody. But I'm going to tell you today, you are accepted. You are accepted. You are accepted. I'm looking at you online today, and, and I'm looking at how many eyes are looking back at me. But I'm telling you today, you are accepted. Amherst is leaving the room. Amherst, you're accepted. <laughs> but you are accepted. And I'm telling you that today because it's the truth. It's the truth. It's the truth. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, he said. Learn from me. No one has ever been more rejected than Christ. And yet, he changed the world. No one has ever known lack of acceptance more than Christ. And yet, he changed the world. In fact, the whole world celebrated him yesterday. Yesterday. The one not accepted has now become the one received. The one once not accepted... In every sense of the word, even in the moment he was not accepted, he was still the Savior of men. Right. It did not change who he was. Don't let anything change you. You need to believe in what he has called you to be and who he has called you to be and move across this bridge. Stand with me if you would, please. Father, I'm so thankful today for the people that are present in this room. I'm thankful for for your word. I'm thankful for how you grow us and how you change us. 
for how you let us see and know and understand. My hope and my prayer is that today as each one has listened to the words that you've put in my heart, I hope, I pray that, Father, each one has heard and received truth about who they are, where they can be, who they can be, who they are in you. Father, today let this word penetrate deeply into the heart, soul, and mind of every single person. Let today be a new day for those who have not felt part, a part, knowing that today they're a part of something so much bigger. Be glorified in every life. Be glorified in these moments that we have in front of you, before you, and with you. And we honor you today in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Come on, put your hands together this morning. You may be seated for just a moment. Let me do this. First of all, I want to welcome you. If you're visiting again in this house for the first time, I want to welcome you. I want to thank you for being present with us today. We're so delighted that you're here. The easiest way and what we would like to ask you to do and the easiest way to do it, uh, we'd like to ask you to fill out a visitor card letting us know you're present or it's, we call it a connect card. If you could do that online, simply go to homeattherock.org forward slash new here. That is four simple questions. If you could answer those questions, it lets us know that you're with us today. I'm sure, I hope to be able to greet you before you leave, but I want you to know how blessed we are. Same is true for those of you, uh, how blessed we are that you're here. And the same is true for those of you that are watching online today. I want you to know in the same way, we are always honored that you take the time to tune in however you heard about us. Maybe you're gathering in a living room with your family today because you're gathered for Christmas or the weekend. Whatever it might be, we just want you to know we're so thankful that you are watching. What I'd like to ask you to do, if you've never let us know that you're watching online, please say something in the chat section there in the window on your computer or wherever it is that you might be watching. Also, if it's the first time you've ever watched and you're curious and you're interested and you'd like to know more, please Fill out that same card. Go to homeatherock.org forward slash new here and simply make a comment. Let us know you would like to know more and we will absolutely in every way get back with you as soon as possible. And I thank you for being a part. I want to receive the tithe and offering today. For those of you uh, that watch when you receive your tithe and offering, you're watching your contribution uh, statements, you're watching what it is because you're using it as a tax deduction, that is certainly an op option for all of you. This, will be, this week will be your last week uh, to, to um, have an impact on that tax deduction. My hope and prayer is this though, that we don't give because we're looking for a tax deduction. We give because it's word and spirit. We give because it's spirit and life. Amen? Now, if we give because it's spirit and life, and we get a tax deduction, that's wonderful. But just don't let the tax deduction be the reason why. Unless you don't know God. If you don't know God and you're looking for that, so be it. Give away. But for everyone else, for everyone else, if you know God, do it because it's life and spirit. Amen? If you're giving by cash, use an envelope that's in the seat back. You'll find it in front of you. If you're giving in any other way, if you're giving by check, you can simply make your check payable to the rock and cash and checks will go in these bronze buckets in the front. And anything else, if you're giving by credit card, you can do that online, homeattherock.org forward slash give. Uh, if you want to text any amount, you can do it that way. Simply text any amount to the numbers 
888-884-3821. Super simple. Makes it real easy for you to do. And I appreciate and thank you for your faithfulness throughout this year in every way. You are the most amazing people on planet Earth in my world. And I can tell you that my wife and I talk about you in all the right ways all the time all the time. Sometimes y'all do funny things and you post funny things online that we laugh about and we're laughing at you, but because it's a funny thing that you posted. And, um, but I just want to be totally honest. I want all, uh, I want to lay it all out there. Sometimes we're laughing at you just because you're funny. You post something online. It's funny, but, uh, but we love you. We're thankful for you. You make our journey incredible. And I hope that we in the same way, make yours incredible as well as we together search out the things of God. And we are changing the earth for his glory. Amen? Amen. I'm blessed uh, to be with you. I've missed you the last couple of weeks. We were on our uh, family vacation, and uh, we do it every year. And I can tell you, we had a wonderful time. It was 12 degrees when we left. 12 degrees, yeah, 12 degrees. And then we got here, and it wasn't um, 12 <laughs> degrees. And um, so we're still, we're still adjusting. But it was, it was an amazing time, and we so enjoyed it. I pray and hope that when you celebrated Christmas yesterday, that you took the time to acknowledge why we do that at all. I hope you didn't just jump into ripping paper off of boxes and bows off of ribbons, but I hope that you took the time to really reflect on why we do what we do so that the kingdom is represented in everything that we do. Amen? Amen. Love you. I really do. I'm so thankful for who you are. I would encourage you, uh, there's two things I want to ask of you for next week, but I would encourage you in going forward, Never be reluctant to invite people to join you to come. There are people looking for a place. And most of those people you would never know are looking until you ask. Ask someone to come. Next week, we're going to do something that I believe is going to be um, monumental uh, in the year to come. And that is this. I'm going to ask you to do this today. This is true of you, even if you're watching online. Some of you that are part of this house, normally you're in this building and you're not today. You're traveling. You're, and I get it. And I understand it. And I'm thankful that you're able to. But I want you to hear what I'm saying because I, please join with us in doing this next week. I'm going to do it as well. But on my way here this morning, I was just reflecting on the goodness of God and what Holy Spirit has done and, and how he's changed things. And one of our traditions on Christmas Eve is my family sits together and we talk about what the Father did in this previous year and what we celebrated and then what we would like to see happen in the following year. And um, that's one of the things that we do and we love it. And, and I was just reflecting on some of the things that were said and as I was coming in today. And the Holy Spirit prompted me to do something and I'm going to ask all of you to do it. And I really am asking everyone. I hope there's a 100% response. Next week, I would like you all, every single person, even the children, ask the children to do it. If you're a parent, I would like 100% response. I would like every single person to write a letter about where you want to be at the end of 2022. How you would like to see yourself at the end of 2022. Where would you like to be? What changes would you like to see occur? Whatever that might be. I want you to write, if you would please, in that letter. This is where I want to be at the end of 2022. I want you to put it in an envelope. Seal it. No one else will read it. I want you to seal the envelope and I want you only to write your first and last name or the family, whoever did it, I want you to write your name on the front of that envelope. Bring those letters next Sunday. I'm going to collect those letters next Sunday and we're going to keep them in the safe at the church. 
And then on the last Sunday of 2022, we're going to get those letters out and I'm going to let you read them. And we're going to let you, as you read them, those who want to respond to that letter, we're going to use that day for you to come and share how God has done whatever it is that he did. And we're going to stand together and we're going to agree together. Amen? Amen. Can you do that? I'm asking you to do that online as well. I'm asking you to, even if you don't, if you're not, you might live in another state and you're not, not able to be here, you can mail it to us or if you are okay with it and you want to simply send an email, we will print it out, put it... Obviously, we're going to be able to read it, but we will print it out. We will fold it up. We will put it in an envelope with your name on it. So I'm asking everyone to do this. I would like to see 100% of our people respond to this. And then at the end of 2022, let's see how far the Father takes us. Amen? Amen. Amen. And then the last thing that I want to mention to you is on January the 23rd, I am very excited about our friends, Pastors George and Suzanne Brantley from the Rock of Gainesville will be with us on that Sunday morning at 10 a.m. We will be doing a panel service up here. They will be sitting up, seated up here with my wife and me, and we will be discussing, uh, I won't tell you what yet, I do know what, but we will not, I will not tell you yet. But I encourage you to come, invite people to come. Let's fill this house. I can tell you it's going to be an amazing, amazing day. That is Sunday, January 23rd at 10 a.m. I love you. You are the most incredible people I know. I'm thankful for you. I wish you and pray for you the very best. God is good. He is faithful. Cling, cling to every promise and every word he has spoken to you because I promise his heart is to fulfill it. Amen? Amen. I love you. I bless you. Merry Christmas.